Today's episode is sponsored by Sonos Arc. It's the premium smart soundbar for TV, movies, gaming, and more. Stay tuned for more details about Sonos Arc later in today's show. Freudian slip, the nothing personal word of the day, brought to you by Elvis. That's right. If you're not watching this on the Nothing Personal with David Sampson YouTube channel, you're missing the Elvis glasses from Graceland. Nothing personal road trip came to an end last night about one in the morning. We're back. I got to take these off because I want you to see my eyes when we talk about Freudian slips. A Freudian slip is when you say something that you don't mean to say, but it represents exactly what you mean to say. Just picture the scene. You're at a dinner. Maybe you're at a first date or you're with your friend. Sometimes you say, hey, you have a head of lettuce in your teeth. That's a nice thing to do when people have green in their teeth. That's not a Freudian slip. You want to say something. You'd want someone to say something to you, but everyone gets embarrassed. I don't know why you'd get embarrassed. But people have things in their teeth. You have something on your face. Freudian slip is, I want to, I can't say that, Coca, can I? That would be the best Freudian slip ever. Freudian slip, Coca, bad producer is a, co that's not a Freudian slip. Coke is the best producer. That was a joke. Remember this off season when Tony La Russa was hired by the Chicago White Sox? And here on Nothing Personal, we had some questions. Question one, how will a guy who's been out of the game for 10 years get back in the dugout and relate to players who are very different? How will a guy take a team that's supposed to be good and make them great? How will a guy who plays old school, believes old school, mesh with players who just want to have fun with sweet Lou Albano and Cindy Lauper? Season started, there were complaints. That was after the DUI that was discovered after he was hired. Jerry Reinsdorf said, no problem, we're moving on. He apologized, he won't fall asleep at the wheel. Do you know once, Coca? <laughs> I can't believe I'm thinking about falling asleep. There was a manager, a Hall of Fame manager, his name is Frank Robinson, and he was a great player, MVP, just a great player. But as an executive and a manager, we did not get along at all. He took over the Expos after we moved from Montreal to Florida. And he was an older manager, and he was the type of guy who hated the Marlins so much that every time they would come to Miami, for example, he would make MLB measure the mound because he thought we were cheating. And we had a, a, a saying that we would do, F-U-F, which is F-U Frank, because he was so rude to our GM, to our manager, to our owner, to me. He just was so surly and angry. When we would play the Expos, if you go look at the attendance that we'd make up, very often the attendance would end with the numbers. Oh, I got to get to a phone, Coca. It's not ringing. I just got to get to a phone so I can get this right. If you go back in history of Expos Marlins games when Frank Robinson was managing, a lot of games ended with 383. 383 would be the last three numbers of attendance because that was FUF. One time we were in Pro Player Stadium playing and Frank Robinson during a game fell asleep 
he actually fell asleep while managing. And our in-game entertainment people got it on video. We wanted to play it on the Jumbotron, but I said no. It's the one time that I let what I wanted to do not happen. Where I thought that I didn't want to embarrass him that much. I would wait to tell the story when I had a show for CBS 15 years later. I still have the DVD somewhere in the archives because it was given to me. And we'd sit around and play it, me and Larry, me and Mike. It's not that we disrespected him as a player, one of the greatest ever. We disrespected him the way he acted both as a manager and when he worked as Major League Baseball. But he was an almost an octogenarian when he managed like Tony La Russa. And Tony La Russa does have a habit of falling asleep, mostly when he's behind the wheel. But when the season started, there was questions. Is he sleeping during the games? Because we don't understand or like his substitution patterns. We don't like how he's dealing with the pitching staff. We don't like a lot of stuff. But the White Sox started winning games. And then all of a sudden, the White Sox had the best record in baseball. Tony La Russa, manager of the year. Is it possible? Then they played the Minnesota Twins, who I promised you. We got a, uh, a DM from someone, Coca, who lost on the nothing personal pick of the day every time we pick the Twins, and they've lost every time we've chosen them. And he asked me to please, as a Twins fan, don't ever choose the Twins again. And I committed the Twins will never be, never say never, the Twins will never be a nothing personal pick of the day again. You're welcome. Now the Twins can start winning. So the Twins are playing the White Sox. The White Sox are blowing them out. What's going on this season more than ever, way more than ever when I was in the game, thousands of games I was a part of, and I can count on one hand the number of times a position player pitched, whether it was John Baker or Ichiro, maybe some others. But now it seems like every day there's a position player pitching because it's a joke. Pitching staffs are overworked. Games are too long. There's not enough off days. Injuries are mounting in a way that we're going to talk about later in the show that is so bad for the game that it's time for a change. So the Twins are getting rocked, and they put out someone named somebody, Coca. I want to say, wasn't it Wilson Studio? But there's no way his name is pronounced Studio. but just a guy for the Twins. Up comes Yermin Mercedes. Mercedes, the great players, young player, new player. He can rake, by the way. Do you know how hard it is to hit a 52-mile-an-hour Zach Greinke Ufus ball? It's like slow-pitch softball when you are a professional baseball player. It really screws up your timing. Not easy to hit by any stretch. So, the wind-up happens. Here he comes. Here comes the pitch. His nickname of the pitcher is La Tortuga, by the way. Here's the pitch. 3-0 count in a blowout. The take sign is on. Tony La Russa has touched his nose, his chin, his ear. Nose, chin, ear. Take. Nose, chin, ear. We would do either nose, chin, ear for take. Sometimes we do the cap, the tip of the cap. Sometimes for players, we would just say, take. But there was clearly a sign for take. The sign was on. Here comes the 52-mile-an-hour floating fastball. That's like a Little League fastball. Was it a breaking ball? It didn't break. Change-up. One of the great change-ups of all time. Yermin swings out of his shoes, and the ball goes 955 feet. 
longest home run in the history of Major League Baseball. It went out of the ballpark, over the street, into somebody's apartment, up the stairs, in the bedroom, and stopped at a nightstand of someone not watching the game. Nothing but net. Everyone's celebrating. Mercedes is happy. The rest of the White Sox bench, they're loving it. Get it? Did you get the nothing but net and they're loving it, Coca? Is there any way that anyone listening to Nothing Personal just got that? Because it was funny. Nothing but net is the McDonald's commercial with Michael Jordan and Larry Bird when they're playing horse. Over the side, next to the building, under my shoes, behind the back, nothing but net. They're loving it. That's McDonald's. I'm loving it. Come on, Coca. We're back in the studio. Thought you'd be more excited about that. I know this is an episode sponsored by Sonus, and I'm supposed to be much more serious and buttoned up, and you're supposed to hear me much better. Can you hear me now? The White Sox are all excited. The next thing we know, Tony LaRusso, Tony LaRusso is meeting the media. He made a mistake, LaRusso said. There will be a consequence that he has to endure here within our family. But it won't happen again because third base coach Joe McEwing will be on the lookout and I will be too. And we'll go running in front of the pitcher if we have to. That's not even the Freudian slip yet. I want to talk about Tony LaRusso's statement and my view of it. Horse Tony LaRusso, let me tell you something about you. You're a Hall of Famer. I live for at least a decade watching you in spring training every day. I know exactly how you manage. Spent time with you when you were an executive in MLB. I know exactly your view of the game. I'm going to cut it down to two sentences. Because if you're going to have to, if you're going to have a hit, you got to make it stick. So we cut it down to 305. Tony LaRusso's view is, if you touch one of my guys, I touch two of your guys. You hit one of mine, I hit two of yours. You do something to disrespect me, I hit you. You try to steal a base when you're up six, you're hit. You swing 3-0, you're hit. You try to get my guy off the plate by throwing inside, you're hit. I don't like the way you wear your socks. You're hit. I don't like the weather. You're hit. I don't want to play today. You're hit. So he is the manager of a team that is playing well, full of young, rambunctious, exuberant fellas having a blast. And Tony LaRussa says that I'm not backing your mean Mercedes. He's going to get in trouble. What did he do wrong, Tony? Why didn't you tell us what he did wrong? What he did wrong is he didn't follow your sign. Do we agree with that? Because that's where I will be on Tony's side. There are rules, young man. You may not agree with the rules, but I'm in charge. When I give you the sign to take, you take. When I give you the sign to hit, you hit. When I give you the sign to run, you run. When I say shift, you shift. 
If you want to shift and I say no shift, there's no shift. You don't like where you are in the lineup? Don't play. I'm all in. The way we dealt with players missing signs, purposefully missing signs, and it happens. Hard to prove they purposefully missed it. They could always claim, I didn't know the sign, coach. Hey, it's been the same take sign since spring training. We never change our signs. They're so easy, the other teams know all our signs. They know when we're throwing over. You know when the catcher puts the pinky down, which means throw to first? Yep, everyone knows that too. That's not an excuse, you mean. The way we handle that is privately in the clubhouse after the game. The manager one-on-one brings the player in and says, you're mean, glad you hit the home run, but don't ever do that again. Don't ever, ever not follow what I tell you to do. If my manager ever publicly called out one of my players, that'd be it. I mean, it's easy for me to say because we fire managers just because it's Tuesday. The reason why a manager can't call out a player in public is because the relationship that the manager has in the clubhouse is so attenuated, so stressful, especially when you're Tony La Russa and you have got all the issues that we talked about when this show started. You've got to have their back publicly no matter what, even if you disagree completely. So we're thinking, I can't believe Tony did that, but it's going to get better. So then the next game happens. And of course, guess what happens to Mercedes? Because when you swing on a 3-0 pitch, you're going to get hit. And I'm good with it. Guess what? Mercedes got thrown behind. Duffy of the Minnesota Twins ends up getting thrown out of the game as though the umpires had to confer because Duffy tried to convince him, hey, it slipped. Pitchers never slip. They know where the ball's going. Sometimes they can't throw strikes, but they're not thrown behind batters. The fact of the matter is, Duffy missed Mercedes when he was trying to hit him. So Duffy gets thrown out, Baldelli gets thrown out, and then Tony La Russa meets the media after the game. And he said, I don't have a problem with how the Twins handled it. Tony, that's got to be a Freudian slip, right? You would have been spoken to by Kenny Williams and Rick Hahn. You do know you have a president of baseball operations and a GM. You do know that you're only there because your owner, Jerry Reinsdorf, put you in that position and that it's likely that Williams and Hahn don't want you around. And it's likely that you're causing a schism and that you better win just to keep the schism as small as possible. And you do know that when you say things that you are doing purposefully, and when you said what you said, you are purposefully creating a problem with your front office and with your players. I know you don't have a problem with them hitting Mercedes because that's how you act. But you don't say that. You go into your clubhouse and you meet with your players and you say, you know what? I can't believe they threw at Mercedes. Guess what we're going to do tomorrow against the Twins? We're plunking two of them right in the tuchus. Not in the Nas. We may talk about what happened to Kevin Pillar later. I don't know if there's room in the show. 
just going to mention that Kevin Pillar got hit in the face and it gave me PTSD. It's horrible. He wanted to be in the lineup again. He looks like crap. He looks like he went 10 rounds with Tyson in his prime, but he's a gamer. Tony LaRusso. What are we going to do with him? So here's how it plays out. The White Sox are going to finish this season with LaRusso. If the White Sox miss the playoffs, experiment over LaRusso done. If the White Sox lose in the wild card round, I'm still going to say LaRusso experiment over. I think he's got to make it to the LCS. He doesn't have to win the pennant, but he better take this team to the LCS if he wants to come back. Because even Jerry Reinsdorf, who is now listening to LaRusso probably more than Kenny and Rick, and he's been with Kenny a long, long time. And I know what it's like when you've got an owner who listens to your GM or listens to your manager. It's very hard to be in a position where you're listening to both because the GM and the manager are going to have issues during the course of a season, during the course of an offseason, because the manager is interested in a game-by-game basis, being the best and winning a game-by-game. The GM is interested in making sure there's sustainability, making sure they operate to a payroll. Managers don't care about payrolls. LaRusso doesn't care about Reinsdorf's money. He just wants to win a World Series. I guess he'd be the oldest manager to ever win a World Series if he wins. So it ends with a trip, some sadness. Was it a Freudian slip, Tony? Nah, I agree with you, it wasn't. I'd like to say that was the biggest news of the day, but it wasn't. How are the Angels doing? Happy? I think they are. They've got an MVP player playing for them. His name is Mike Trout. They have another potential Cy Young MVP playing for them. His name is Shohei Otani. They've got tremendous position players in Anthony Rendon. That's exciting. Do you know what they don't have? They don't have victories. Do you know what else they don't have for the next six to eight weeks in news that rocked the sports world? We will, we will strain you. Mike Trout has a cafe strain. Six to eight weeks. In other words, let's just say you play six games a week. Let's say you're out for six weeks only, that's 36. Let's say you're out eight weeks, that's up to 48 games. 48 games out of 162 games, rut row. Mike Trout was put on the disabled list yesterday, it's now called the injured list. Announced that he's gonna miss potentially one to two months, upward of two months. And everyone's first thought is the Angels are in trouble. They've already been in trouble. Mike Trout and Shohei Otani have nothing to do with Andrew Heaney, who was a pick of ours, who we traded to the Dodgers, who then traded him to the Angels immediately. Nothing to do with us. Andrew Heaney in the first inning against Cleveland, the team who's been no hit twice this season. I think they put up like a four spot in the first inning, Coca, and the Indians went on to win on a Josh Naylor go-ahead home run. Another guy we drafted and traded who's in the big leagues. God, how many number one picks? Colin Moran we drafted and traded. He's in the big leagues. Not bad. Not bad. All the people who said we didn't draft well, what you talking about? So the Angels lose 6-5. Otani is leading the league in home runs. He doesn't qualify for the ERA title, but he's got a two-and-change ERA. This guy is being compared to Babe Ruth. Is he? Maybe. Is he a unicorn? Possibly. Is he an exciting player to watch? Of course. 
Do I want to see him pitch and hit in Coors Field during the All-Star game? You're damn right I do. Do I want to see him in the home run derby? Eh, I do, but it's not going to happen. Well, I got something to tell all of you as an 18-year executive that you're not going to like. If the Angels knew what they were doing, Shohei Otani does not pitch another inning for the Angels this season. He throws some bullpens, keeps his arm okay. Do you remember that Shohei Otani had Tommy John? Do you know what happens after you've had Tommy John? You worry every day about another Tommy John. Because if you get a second Tommy John, game over. It doesn't necessarily mean that you can't hit anymore. But Shohei Otani is proving to be an extraordinarily important part of a lineup. And you're going to tell me, but the Angels need pitching. And I'm going to tell you you're right. Then make Otani a full-time pitcher. But not now. The Angels are floundering. They got rid of Pujols because they thought they could make the playoffs and they wanted to make sure that they had the best people playing. And now Pujols is starting for the Dodgers? That's not going to last. I think we covered that. I am going to my owner as president of the Angels, and I'm trying to get him on board with me telling the GM and the manager, Joe Madden, that we are shutting down Otani for the rest of the season. Pitchers, little known fact here about pitchers, forget two-way players, just about pitchers in general. There's only so many bullets in the chamber, sort of like eggs there's only so many you have. And when they're gone, they're gone. You can't pitch without doing drugs into your 40s and be effective. If you have been a heavy innings load, look at Justin Verlander, one of the great workhorses of our time, eventually TJ. He's recovering right now, might I add. But at the end of the day, Otani is a ticking time bomb of injury. Why are you going to waste it now when you know there's a limited number of innings he's going to pitch? Let him play every day. Let him hit. See if you can find other people to pitch because with Otani alone in your rotation, you're not making the playoffs. With Trout out six to eight weeks, the odds are you're not making the playoffs again in what will be another wasted year of Trout. Who's not getting any younger. But he's not old, but he's not getting younger. The hardest decision the Angels will have to make is whether or not they're in or out because they will not want to admit they're out Trust me, I hated admitting we were out. It's the worst feeling in the world because you build up. You spend all half season putting your team together. You put your lineup together. You watch the team during spring training. You are so excited. Then you see your players starting well. You look at your division. You see Oakland losing the first few games. Houston stinks. They've got some injuries. Then Oakland wins a bunch in a row, but you've got Otani. You're feeling great. And then, holy crap, it's the middle of May and you're almost in last place. And then, oh no, is it true? Another injury, that phone call stinks. David, Trout's out. The MRI showed a calf strain. He's done. How long? Six to eight weeks. Really? How long, really? Do you know we never tell the public what the real amount of time that a player's gonna miss? because we don't want any team to think they have any sort of leverage in a trade situation. 
We don't want anyone to know anything. So we'll announce an injury. We'll announce a timeline that is generally associated with that injury. But we'll know that the actual time that that player's out is not in any way related to what you hear. So let's just say Trout's out six to eight weeks. I say they've got two weeks left. The rest of May and the first week of June. And if the Angels are still in last place, a game out of last place and fourth place, and they don't shut down Otani, they will rue the day. Mark my words. We are going to raise the bar right now, raising the bar presented by Sonos Arc. Raising the bar, that means Sonos Arc is a sound bar. Sonos is this incredible company. They make, you can hear music. It makes your TV work better because the built-in speakers for TVs generally are not good. You can work everything from your phone. It's just brilliant. But anyway, we have a segment called Raising the Bar presented by Sonos Arc. And how about some pitchers who are raising the bar on some crappy hitters? Coke and I had a slight disagreement about whether or not the pitcher's bar has been raised by another no-hitter. Did you? Were you up late last night? Jared Kelnick and the Seattle Mariners got no hit by the Detroit Tigers. Do you know that the Seattle Mariners have now been no-hit twice, once by the Tigers and once by the Orioles? Do you know the level of despondency that they feel in the front office right now? Yeah, they're around 500. They can sort of feel good about that. When you get no-hit, it feels so badly. But the hitting in MLB is so bad. The ball, is it dead? Meh, maybe. The reality is that the average team Batting average is lower than I can ever remember it. The number of teams hitting below 230 would shock you. It's embarrassing to actual hitters, former actual hitters who are now retired Hall of Famers or almost Hall of Famers. It's embarrassing. But the pitchers have raised the bar because they see an opening. They see how the hitters are just not as developed as they are. And you're seeing no hitters every month in Gdanishtik. Except this one was a Tuesday. That means every Monday and Wednesday. There have been five no-hitters this year. Is that right, Coco? Only five? I thought this was the sixth for some reason. Five no-hitters. Wade Miley, Carlos Rodon, both against Cleveland. Oh, God. John Means, Spencer Turnbull, both against Seattle. And then don't forget our favorite nothing personal pick of the day to bet against Jose Joe Musgrove. I don't know why I call him Jose. His name is Joe Musgrove versus Texas. So I'm watching the Tigers on a plane, actually, and thinking to myself, what are pitchers going to do in arbitration in free agency when they're comparing themselves and they used to be able to say, he has a no-hitter, that's worth money. He's got an ERA under three, that's worth money. We're going to now have to argue as a club, that's a dollar, it's not we. They're going to have to start arguing that while you think pitchers have been raising the bar, the truth is, the entire frame has simply changed where if you don't have an ERA under three, then you cannot be in a rotation or a bullpen. So what I'd be working on with free agents and arbitration eligible players is how to redefine what is successful. But until that happens, we have to say the pitchers around baseball have done an incredible job of raising the bar. And if you're a hitter, make an adjustment. When's that going to happen, Coca? That's my question of the day. Not my word of the day, 
my question of the day. If you don't like the shift, bunt against it. If you don't like rounding out to left field, hit the opposite way. If you don't like hanging your head and walking back to the dugout with a man on third, under two outs, put the ball in play. Try it. What could happen? It's not even a big deal. CBS called. They wanted me to do a breaking news hit at like one in the morning. I was on a plane, but it's still breaking news. But I'm telling you now, if this happens any more often, it's just not breaking news anymore. It's a ho-hum. How many of you know Spencer Turnbull before yesterday? Raise your hand. Raise your hand if you're sure. Are you sure that you didn't know that in 2019 he lost 17 games and you're going to tell me it's no big deal to lose games? No one pays attention to a win-loss record. That's you stat geeks out there. Guess who pays attention to one-loss records? Executives. They say they don't because they want to be cool. They want to be hip with the Ivy League crowd with their faces and their computers and all their analytics. Do you know how we get paid as executives? Here's a little surprise. Get ready. Not on batting average of balls in play. Not on whip. Not on expected wins above replacement. Do you know how we get contracts and paid? Get ready. You may want to sit down. You probably are sitting down. You may want to stand up. By wins. By wins, dear Holmes. By wins. Congratulations, Spencer. I'm happy for you. We come back. We're going to go through our picks of the day. We've got to talk about the Cameron Maben trade. Big trade in baseball. And we're also going to end this show. Yes, we are. With a little Derek Jeter talk. We'll be right back. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Welcome back to Nothing Personal. This is David Sampson. This show, Nothing Personal, where you can find anywhere you get your podcasts, when Spotify is working, when Apple's working, Google Podcasts, on YouTube, always working, nothing personal with David Sampson, download, follow, enjoy. Please support our sponsor, Sonos. Get yourself a Sonos Arc. It is worth the money. When I watch movies, I watch it with Sonos Arc. And the reason I do is I want to hear it perfectly. I want to hear noises in front of me, behind me, beside me. I want to use my phone to do it. I love the Sonos app. Look, I just hit the Sonos app and I can I can do everything. I can be listening to music. I can be watching TV. Those three buttons, I don't know what those are. I don't know what that does actually. God, there's stuff that I don't know how to do. I gotta call someone. All right, hold on, I'll be right back to you. Sonos Arc is something that you're gonna think, is it expensive? It's moderately priced, it's not cheap. If you want cheap, you get cheap. You get what you pay for. What's more important than how you interact with your TV and with your music and with your podcasts? You want to hear them, don't you? I mean, look, I'm using a microphone from CBS that they got at CVS, and you can hear me pretty well, can't you? 
I use my Sonos Arc in the theater to watch a movie every day. I watch Monster on Netflix. I don't know what to say about it, except it's a movie that it's only okay, but the message is important. It's a movie that basically is about a young black teenager who is in the wrong place at the wrong time, questionably, gets accused of a crime, and it goes through, he goes through the justice system, and he goes to trial, and the prosecutor wants to paint him as a monster, not a human being, and the defense attorney wants to show that he's a human being, not a monster. So I'm watching this movie, and I'm going back to my law school days, and I was looking everywhere. I got out my old torts book, my old civil procedure book, my criminal law book. I went through the old peeper people pass book, which is how I studied for the bar and passed the New York bar first try. I did way too well in the bar. I think I got a 70. You only need a 66 to pass. I was pissed. I did it with my friend, Brett Parker. We, had, we studied all summer, had the best summer. We pretended we were studying the whole time, but we were actually playing in Central Park when we weren't in peepers class. And we both tried to get a 66 because it's a pass-fail test. And we both got higher than that, unfortunately. So I'm going through and I'm looking and I can't find anything about monsters. Nothing. There's nothing in the criminal code. There's nothing in our constitution. There's nothing in the civil codes, in the statutes, the Bill of Rights. I don't see anywhere anything where it's the job of the prosecutor to convince the jury that the defendant is a monster. And that is up to the defense attorney to convince the jury that the defendant is a human being. Where's that? How dare you? That's what I was thinking during this movie. If you've got the facts, argue the facts. If you've got the law, argue the law. If you have neither, yell and scream and call your defendant a monster. The message of the movie is clear. That young black people are looked at as monsters. They don't get the benefit of the doubt in the justice system. The jury of their peers is not a jury of their peers. The presumption of innocence is not granted to young people of color. It ought to bother you as much as it bothers me. Because one day it's going to be you. Nothing personal. Pick of the day. NBA playing is on. I'm picking all the playing games. I'm not sure why. I'm supposed to give you one pick of the day. It's not called the nothing personal picks of the day. The easiest pick yesterday was the Pacers over the Hornets. Michael Jordan runs the Hornets. The Hornets don't make the playoffs. They don't win in the playoffs. The Hornets just can't. I don't understand why the Pacers were giving three. Is that because uh, Verrett wasn't playing? I have no idea why. Is that because the Pacers are only mediocre? Who cares? Pacers crushed them. How about the Wizards? Did they beat the Celtics? No. I had to wait to see the Wizards aren't going to make the playoffs. They have one more try, but the Celtics just beat them. Jason Tatum is just a better player than Russell Westbrook. Careful, Coca. Jason Tatum is a better player than Russell Westbrook. That's a fact. So we're now 67 and 45. Tonight, we've got two play-in games. I'd like to say to the NBA and to ABC, thank you very little 
for making me stay up till one in the morning to watch the Lakers play the Warriors. Thank you very little. But you know I'm going to watch it. The first game is Grizzlies over the Spurs. Popovich, Hall of Fame, best coach ever. Grizzlies are a better team. They're only favored by four. I'm not sure why the line is so low. We're taking the Grizzlies over the Spurs. Second game, Warriors are getting four from the Lakers. What an impossible game. Don't bet this game, Coca said. Who knows who's going to win? Yeah, well, I don't have that luxury, do I, Coca? Because the camera's right here, and you're only in my ear. I got to go with Steph Curry. How do I not? Steph Curry getting four points. Steph Curry... Do we have an over-under Coca anywhere on, on um, a prop bet on Steph Curry's total points? I'm sure it's somewhere on William Hill. Go find Steph Curry over-under points. And the bonus nothing personal pick of the day, which Coca may find, he may not. You may find on your app if you're in a state where it's legal. And if you're not in a state where it's legal, you're just going to call your bookie. And I'm in. See if you can get a Steph Curry over because we're taking the Grizzlies minus four, the Warriors plus four, and in a bonus, nothing personal pick of the day, we're taking the over on Steph Curry's points. Wait to see when I tell you something's going to happen. When it does, great. When it doesn't, fine. Either way, we do revisit it. Well, the NBA playing tournament is happening on October 22nd, 2020. The wait to see was Stan Van Gundy will lead the Pelicans to the playoffs. What a disappointing season. They couldn't even get to the playing game. We lost that wait to see. My wait to see today for you is about a new Mets player. How many Mets fans out there? You know, Kevin Pillar got hit in the head. We talked about that. Hit in the face. He's got nasal fractures. They need outfielders. Here's what happens when your player gets hit in the face um, or gets hurt. 29 teams start texting you. Hey, we got this guy available. Hey, we got this guy available. You need an outfielder. We got this guy available. Oh, you need a pitcher. You need a second baseman. We got this. We, of course, carry around a list of every roster. We go around and we will return the calls of the teams for which they've got players we want. But when you've got an injury and you're trying to replace that injury quickly, the teams are going to hold you up and ask for your better prospects. And you're generally going to say, how desperate are we? And if the owner says you're desperate, you give up better players. If you're not desperate, you hold on to your prospects and you get a worse player from a team. That's what the Mets are doing. The Mets acquired Cameron Mabin. Yes, the same Cameron Mabin who we traded for Miguel Cabrera. Yes, the same Cameron Mabin who's still in the big leagues 14 years later. <clears throat> yeah, the same Cameron Mabin who was a top five prospect in all of baseball. He was Jared Kelnick, who's now hitting below 200, by the way. But don't panic. In Seattle, just try to get a hit. Cameron Mabin was on the Cubs. Eh, no, he wasn't. Cameron Mabin was on the taxi squad. Eh, no, he wasn't. Cameron Mabin was in AAA. It's a great name. He's a AAA player. You call up the Cubs if you're the Mets. Hey, do you got, do you got Mabin available? Mabin? To do what? Like, to come to the big leagues? You want Cameron Mabin in the big leagues with you? Hold on. Let me get back to you. Hey, uh, Theo. I'm just kidding. It's not Theo anymore. Hey, Jed. No, I'm just kidding. Hey, Ricketts. Are you okay if we trade Cameron Mabin? Well, is he going to be on, on the Cubs? Is, are we going to call him up ever? It would take a miracle. I don't think we're going to call him up. Well, do we like him in AAA? Is he helping out any of our prospects in AAA? Because he's such a professional and such a great guy, which he is. 
He was a Marlin, by the way. He's a great guy. He was a Marlin a second time is what I mean. After the first initial trade in 07, I think it was. Yeah, I don't think we're going to call him up. Well, what are, what are we going to get back from the Mets? Hold on. Let me explain how this works. If we trade Cameron Mabin to the Mets, we're getting nothing. Cameron Mabin's trade value is zero. You can't trade a player for zero. So we're going to ask for one pitching machine, one radar gun, and two freshly scuffed balls inside a humidor. I think we can get that. Hold on. Let me call the Mets GM. Wait, who is the Mets GM? I don't even know. All right, we're going to call Steve. Steve, are you are you there? Oh, no, okay. S- Sandy? Sandy, you want Mabin? All right, are you good with the radar gun and the humidor with fully scuffed balls that are new? No? Well, what will you give us? You will? We'll take it. A dollar. Some of the best trades I ever made were for a dollar. Love you, Cody. Dollar is very common. When you read in the paper that a player was acquired, and that's how you read it. Cameron Maben acquired for cash considerations. That's a dollar, folks. Every time. And do you know how they get the dollar? In pennies. Rolled up. Handed. Behind the dugout. In the tunnel. In the dark. In a restroom. With no one watching. No cameras. We have a clubhouse attendant take the roll of pennies that would otherwise be used for some other nefarious activities in the clubhouse. And they hand it over to the other team's clubby, who then brings it to the manager, who brings it to the GM manager, who gives it to the owner, who puts it in his desk drawer. Nah, it's wired. (laughs) We get to wire for free. Okay, wait to see though. This is the official way to see for today. Dan Long, Cameron Mabin will be on the Mets active roster before he's designated for assignment. I'm telling you now, because that's how these trades work. When you trade a guy for a dollar, you want him to help out while Perlar's out, and you then designate him immediately when they're ready, when anybody's ready to come back. Cameron Mabin will be designated for assignment and taken off the roster no later than June 30th. Book it. Wait to see. You know what else we're waiting for? It's coming next year. Are you ready? Oh, captain, my captain. It turns out that they're doing an entire documentary about Dead Poets Society and Robin Williams. Oh, captain, my captain. I wonder if Ethan Hawke will return. Yeah, that's not what I'm talking about. You knew I was going to get to this. ESPN announced executive producer Spike Lee. A documentary, six-part series on ESPN called Captain, about your friend and mine, Derek Jeter. That's the big font, Spike Lee, little font. MLB and the Players Tribune are also producers of the documentary. That's it, game over. What a waste. It's gonna put the puff and fluff and the fluff and puff. You think that we're gonna get a look inside Jeter's gift baskets that used to leave for women? Do you think we're going to get an explanation of how he overpaid for the Marlins by about 500 mil? Do you think it's a coincidence that his five-year contract runs out the year that this is coming out and he's going to be a free agent if he doesn't get 
re-signed by the Marlins if the Marlins aren't successful? Do you think this is anything more than a PR piece? It's not. Do you think there'll be anything about times that Jeter would pull up to bars in New York and have people get out of the car and get people out of the bar, go with him? Not the end of the world, by the way. We were all jealous of it. Think there'll be stuff about the way Derek is within the Marlins organization, how he treats his employees. Think there'll be anything about the decisions that have been made from a business standpoint or baseball standpoint. I'll tell you what there will be. Farm system. Great farm system. Now, please, please, this is not me having a personal beef with Derek Jeter because I don't. I love him. I'm thankful for him. Look what he did. If it weren't for him, I would have had to deal more with A-Rod. So, of course, I'm thankful. And I'm not upset that he got rid of everyone. I'm not upset that I went back to Marlins Park and everything that we worked on is gone. I'm really not. As I always told you, I held the baton for a period of time to pass it on to someone else who will hold it for a period of time and pass it on to someone else. What Jeffrey Loria did as owner of the Marlins and getting Marlins Park built, saved baseball in Florida for 38 years. Did it save it forever? Someone else is going to have to save it the next time when a new ballpark is needed. I'm thankful that the Marlins made the playoffs. I want them to win another ring. I want the franchise. I root for them. I really do. I want the Marlins to win games. I even have my surprise of the year, the Marlins finishing ahead of the Phillies. But what I don't like is when Jeter or anyone tries to tell you that you're stupid. I treat you like you're smart. I treat you like you get some of the crazy inside jokes, like some of the Yiddish I say, or some of the crazy references to old movies or new movies. I assume the best. When you do a documentary about yourself that you're in charge of, you are basically saying to your audience, not only do I not respect you, but I'm going to control what you think of me because I'm going to keep the dream alive. And the dream is that I'm Teflon. That's not good TV. You're not going to learn anything. You know what that is, though? It's just business. Bye-bye. This is nothing personal. It's happening daily. We're being conned by the institutions we used to trust. The mainstream media is distracting us with meaningless headlines instead of focusing on the harsh realities facing American families. Time is short before something big happens, and that's why so many folks are preparing. They're becoming self-reliant by investing in emergency food storage from My Patriot Supply. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com and secure four-week emergency food kits for each member of your family. Each kit contains tasty breakfasts, lunches, and dinners, averaging over 2,000 calories per day. Save $50 on each four-week food kit you purchase. Plus, get free shipping on Ready Hour four-week emergency food kits. You're not ready if it's not Ready Hour foods. At My Patriot Supply, you can also get solar power generators, water filtration units, heirloom seeds, and survival gear. Order by 3 p.m. and your unmarked boxes ship the same day. Shop MyPatriotSupply.com today. MyPatriotSupply.com.